Welcome to the Mark Cameron Show. We find out why people do what they do, how they do it, and what the future of their work is. My guest today is Ryan Hartley. He is the heart and mind behind Always Better Than Yesterday. Check out what he's up to at ryanhartley.co.uk and check out his Facebook group, We Are ABTY. Tons of people finding inspiration and getting life on track under his leadership and his ideas. Here we go. I'm here with Ryan Hartley. It's really good to meet you, mate. Um, We've just set eyes on each other for the first time about 10 minutes ago, Um, connected through a a mutual friend. And it's a pleasure to have you here. So thanks for coming on. Thank you, my friend. I'm really looking forward to having a a great conversation. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, I know that you you run a podcast yourself. Mm. And um, Mm -hmm. so it's always fun to sort of flip it around and try these different things so. i'm usually the comfortable one asking the questions <laughs> yeah. that's right we're gonna go for it i prefer to be the one asked yeah absolutely i prefer to be in your seat <laughs> fire away um so mate uh, we we connected through uh, a family friend of mine and someone who's been been part of your community and I, I jumped on saw what you were up to and i think they said Hey, he's interviewing Matthew McConaughey, which <laughs> was legendary because he's been um, he's been highly present in podcast last week, which has been awesome. Um, so I just get a curious, you know, off the cuff, what what was the story there? This is great. Well, we're going to go straight in off the deep end because when people ask me straight after, like, how did you get Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> and, and my answer was always that I had to do a hundred and fifteen episodes <laughs> to even develop the confidence and belief that that was even possible. You know, I I think um, I sit and smile now because I I just think here's this young lad that has the audacity to believe that that was even possible. But the reality of it, it it comes down to the fact it's probably my least favorite word in the world, but surrender. And and we'll probably dive into what that really means and why I'm not such a big fan of the word. But I had to get to a point where um, I, I used to be a man of... I'll make it happen. I can make anything happen until it really, until I really couldn't make something happen that um, it was, was quite hard and painful to go through. So I'm, I'm skirting around it. We'll probably touch on it in more detail, but the long and short of it is I got to a point where I've just started to surrender the podcast or anything, you know, in my, and just yeah. show up, do my best um, and, and love what I'm doing and, but, but have a, have a clear kind of sense of where am I headed? So I'd interviewed Dr. Gary Chapman. I'd interviewed John Gordon. I had about three or four world-class speakers all in one go. And my wife and another friend of mine said to me, who's your number one? I just said, Matthew McConaughey. I said, it'd be amazing to have a conversation with Matthew McConaughey. I've been Mm. loving his book. He, the, what he said in his uh, Oscar speech kind of changed my life. And um, and I just, yeah, I just believed that it was possible, but I knew that I was never in control of making it happen. Right. So I did I my that. research, did my research, contacted his agent, and then let it go. And then two hours later, whilst I'm on another call, his agent emails me back saying, yeah, he's free. <laughs> 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 uh, which, so it, it took about two weeks between that moment yeah, and me having him on the show, and in the middle of that, there was a delay, and sh- I got put back a week. It was a real test of my faith and patience. Yeah, like, yeah sure. I, I, my heart rate didn't return to normal in, until after it happened, and right, it it it, it, it was phenomenal. Yeah. and you know, it, it's one of those things where um, it transcends understanding. I can tell you every single step that I took. I don't know why he, he his agent decided that it was a good idea. I don't know why he came on. All I know is that he did. It was an epic conversation. Yeah. And um, and, and do I sit here and expect Hollywood actors every time on my podcast? No. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, so I can I, I I because I've got to surrender. I can appreciate it for all the awe and wonder that it was all about, and sure. I, I expect I don't need anything from it. I think too often when we have a goal and we get right, what next? What next? And I'm just, I'm just enjoying it for what it was. You yeah, know? yeah, I love that. It was, um, it was really cool. I, I really enjoyed just the way you opened up and what was lovely about it was seeing someone who 
clearly their life had been impacted by this person and mm. um and this you know the book that they'd done and the way they'd written through it which was was great seeing it just this um sitting on the other side of someone who'd had a massive influence on you mm-hmm. and just sharing some of what that was is um was a beautiful thing so um okay. and for you then uh tell us about the you know the the story you you're um running always better than yesterday you've got this mm. this phenomenal brand um and collection of um ideas and offerings into individuals organizations you've got the podcast mm. you've got the family life going um I, i'm really curious what was your story come to this point you're living a, a fascinating life thank you um i grew up single parent family my, my my dad left um when i was six months old so i didn't really know him until my teens um and yeah my mum was amazing she worked several jobs uh ever the optimist her mm. mantra is it'll be fine very positive very hard working great you know she's my role model um uh stepdad um raised you know me alongside my mum until the age of 12 my mum separated from him and he was he was my only male role model and at the time he kind of I don't want to say disown me but he came to pick up myself my brother and my sister who are his children um I left something upstairs he pulled up outside the front of the house I left something upstairs I came downstairs and he'd gone with my brother and sister and it was at that point mm. where I'd kind of really kind of felt abandoned for the second time in my life by a male role model. Yeah. So I've always had this, I don't know whether it's a chip on my shoulder, whether I need to prove myself to the world. I don't really know. I still have not quite worked that out, but I kind of grew up um, just searching for a lot of love and validation in the world. Yeah. Always curious about human beings, got into psychology, went to university to do psychology Um got fascinated by why naughty people do naughty things. And so I I, I pursued (laughs) sort of like the crime element. I joined the police at 21 as a 999 call handler. Mm. Um, I must say, I must recognize my wife at this point. Her and I have been together since 15. And, um, you know, she was was desperate to move out of of home and and get her own place. And she's like, you need a job. You need a job. (laughs) So I joined entry level at the police as a 999 call handler. Absolutely loved it. Um, and I was very fortunate to um, move across to become an analyst. And I was, it wasn't the dream job, but I was sure. very good at it. And yeah. I got promoted very quickly. And there came the opportunity to train in leadership. At the very same time, I became a parent. <laughs> I come from a hierarchical organization, policing. Policing was, leadership was about rank. It was all about time and mm-hmm. position. And I'm like, what I'm learning in these classrooms is is what I'm learning at home in in in, in being a parent. It's yeah. about putting my own needs to one side to develop and nurture these other people, whether they be my teammates or whether they be my kids. Like yeah. my role as a leader in both scenarios is the same. It's to help, to nurture, to guide, to get the best out of people, to believe in them. So I started to develop this idea of leadership that it was I guess the words that people use to describe it is servant leadership. But for me, there, there is that, you know, without, if you take servant out of leadership, you don't have leadership. Yeah. Um, and, and alongside that, I, I, my leadership development journey led me to this TED Talk by Simon Sinek. And yeah, I absolutely love the guy, and I was uh, I was absolutely slated for being a Simon Sinek fanboy. <laughs> and, I, and I was, but... <laughs> I, in that process, I learned to find my own why. And my life was great at the time. You know, I had family, promotions, loving my job, training to be a coach. The clues were all there that I was just loving making things better mm-hmm. for organizations, processes, performance, influence, but also for people through coaching, through mentoring, through nurturing, through parenting. So I knew it was about helping make things better. So I got clear on my why in the good times, but I deepened my connection to it in the bad times. I felt, as I started sharing more of my own perspective on leadership, on Instagram, on Facebook, it brought a lot of scrutiny and, and a lot of, a lot of um, unwanted attention. Mm. A lot of, who is Ryan Hartley? What does he know about leadership? You know, senior leaders sitting around with my social media profile. And it just triggered me massively. I was just a young lad mm-hmm. wanting to be wanted, wanting to be needed, validating. I just felt alienated. I felt unsafe, paranoid. 
And so I really learned that what was triggering me was just deepening my connection to leadership, what good leadership is, which is about yeah. making people feel like they matter, making people feel like they belong, like they're seen and they're heard and they can contribute to something bigger than themselves. And yet here I was being made to feel like my skills that I was developing on the outside weren't weren't sure. needed, wanted. Right. So I went underground. The, the, the fortunate thing I have is I have the courage to pursue what I love to do, um, no matter how bruised it got me. But I went underground. So I built my Always Better Than Yesterday Facebook community. Um, I'd been coaching my wife's network marketing team um, on in, in the evening. So I'd spend time in, in the office in the evening just yeah. coaching for free, practicing so I can get better. Um, and I would sort of just bring all these people into one place where I could share ideas yeah. and we could do Facebook Lives. Yeah. And it was great. And, and that caused two problems. One is um, I showed up in that place for love and validation, okay. which took me away from relationships that were not working properly, mm-hmm. that needed attention, mm-hmm. um, particularly in the home. And, and okay. that was a huge learning curve. Um, and secondly, I was too safe, too comfortable. So I had to kind of get out my comfort zone and I did that by starting to interview other people yeah. uh, on Facebook. That's now what the format of the podcast is. But originally it was just me trying to get out of my community, bringing value to other people by asking curious questions to other human beings. I've done that every week now for two and a half years. I'm at episode 121 this week. So good. And it's brought me some life-giving connections, yeah. friendship conversations and and now i'm here full-time running always better than yesterday yeah um i left six weeks before the pandemic first lockdown here and you know i thought i had the shortest life coaching career everyone has <laughs> ever had <laughs> but i've been been very blessed i've been very fortunate to yeah. um the the right opportunities and people have, have come my way hey what a journey so uh, so much there I'm, I'm kind of buzzing and curious to to hear that and get into um i'm interested you know that that part of your why and sure. uh, you know Simon Sinek just nailed that thing that glorious TED talk with three circles mm-hmm. on it that's probably in every organization over the last while it's a belter of just rather than going after what you do how you do it and the why behind it you flip mm-hmm. it hey so get your why work out how you're going to do that and then tell people what it is and mm-hmm. um for you what what did you discover and how did you discover that why that purpose living yeah the original statement was that i like to help people feel confident um, and believe in themselves so that they can be better than they were yesterday yeah it was something that simple so better than yesterday was a phrase that's never really left me it wasn't really my brand at that time but mm-hmm. it, didn't, it didn't take long for it to become always better than yesterday the thing as i've grown and i've developed and i've started to read other leadership books other than simon sinek i've kind <laughs> of really deepened my own understanding of leadership yeah. and i think the master key behind leaving the world or people better than they were yesterday is love i think it's unconditional love i think love meets people where they are and it leaves them better mm. i think people who are loved feel safe they they matter they belong but they also know that love is a higher standard it draws us to want to be better, not just for us, but for all of those who come into contact with us. So my why is about helping leaders lead with love. And I believe that the more leaders that I can help lead with love, yeah. they will leave a legacy where every individual team or community is better than it was yesterday. Right. So, so what for you is love? Well, the two definitions for me are the same. Leadership and love is about putting someone else's needs before our own. And I think, you know, the good book will say that the greatest gift man has is to lay down his life for those that he loves. Yeah. And, and that for me is, is love. Love is a verb. Um, love is action. Mm-hmm. Um, love is willing to sacrifice. Love serves. And love protects. Love unites. And love demands that we... You know, that we be who we are and it, you know, it doesn't settle for that. Yeah. It, it, loves, it loves us and leaves us better. That's class. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely one to think in, in leadership because there's, there's been so much written on 
leadership over, especially over the last you know, 80 years. Yeah. Um, and the transition of the thinking of coaching coming from the sport mm-hmm. world into the business mm-hmm. or the leadership world. Um, it's fascinating seeing love as an underpinning force or reality in business or in, um, you know, development of people. Um, mm-hmm. how, how does it show up day to day? Because, you know, the, the, the idea of love, it can be portrayed as softness. It can yes. also be portrayed as toughness. It can mm-hmm. be um, one definition I always find helpful was someone said, well, look, what is love if it's not acceptance and value mm-hmm. and belonging? I always love that. I thought, okay, that makes sense to me as mm. to how to unpack love. Um, but how, how does it show up? Because we're obviously living in times where love is is helpful, um, <laughs> where it is the core of our relationships. But how does it show up in organizations or in enterprises? Well, so there's so much research out there that says about a good culture being, you know, trusting teams that they're bound, founded on vulnerability, hmm. that they create psychological safety. Well, for me, that's just unconditional love. Hmm. That you're hmm. seen, you're heard, you're valued, you, you're required to contribute. And that's what love does. It creates a circle of safety. It creates the psychological safety. It creates you and us, we. And love focuses on we, not me. And the other thing is, well, is that leadership requires sacrifice and we do not get the leaders that we deserve because some people have not signed up for what it truly means to lead Mm. they sign up for the perks the benefits the salaries the positions the power the parking spaces closest to the building but they didn't truly sign up for what it means to lead which is about putting somebody else's needs before their own leaders need to connect with what they love and love themselves yeah it's a paradox so that they can put others before themselves. They need to love themselves enough so that they don't need anything from work. Mm. They don't need to feel special or privileged and they don't need ego stroking. Yeah. They need to love themselves so that they can put themselves to one side. They need to love others and the work they do so that when they come to it, they are willing to sacrifice for, again, I'll invert commas, the greater good because that's what leadership is. That's what leadership does. Yeah. So, so with a leader, you've got someone, I mean, anyone listening to this, maybe they are in work at the minute and um, they may be in a position of responsibility and authority over others. They may just be part of a team. They might be self-employed. Um, how do you see love actually showing up in, um, in these relationships and in these dynamics that require sacrifice? What was it? What conversations do we get where love shows up? There is, so so, the word inspire means to breathe life, and I think love sees the best in people. Love isn't blind. Love sees all, and it chooses to call out the best in mm, people. Okay. And, and I think there's some scripture that says, blessed be those who believe without seeing. And if you're a leader and you want to see your people and your potential realized, you're going to have to believe in them. Yeah. And you're going to have to transfer that belief. And you're going to have to speak life into people you're not going to call out their deficiencies because love doesn't lead with lack. Love leads with what you are great at, what your gifts, what your unique contributions hmm. you have. Love will also role model that. You know, yeah. it will call people in. It will allow people to contribute to something bigger than themselves. But love is also tough. In my community, we hold a, a monthly accountability session and we call it Love Tough. Because as I said, love meets you where you are, but it calls you into your potential. Yeah. I interviewed John Gordon, and he said this to me. He said that we are the only species on the planet that can die without realizing our potential. <laughs> Jinx, that's that's strong. Yeah, you know, okay. he says, does does the hippo wake up and want to be great? No. Does the cheetah wake up want to be? No. They're all part of this animal yeah. kingdom, right? They all have their roles, but as human beings, we're the only things that can, and it's. And that's what love does. It, it, it enables people, A, to find somewhere where they can contribute to bigger than themselves. And B, if that's not here, they love you enough to tell you. Mm-hmm. Conflict, great teams are not founded on the absence of conflict. No, great teams will embrace conflict. 
you know, I love you and I'm going to say this yeah. because I'm going to love you and I'm going to help you be better. Yeah. I'm going to be uncomfortable because no one wants an uncomfortable situation. I'm going to make myself uncomfortable because it's easier for me not to say anything. And I'm going to say this because I love you. And what you're doing is annoying four of your colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe this isn't your place. Maybe your skill set just isn't quite where it needs to be. But I believe that you can be a rock star somebody else, right. somewhere else. Right. And this, this gives me fascinating, you know, how love becomes um, a context for um, unimaginable conversations or the avoided conversations um, that usually exist within organizations at a kind of systemic level that you can sniff it when you walk in the room, can't see it. It doesn't necessarily show up in the in the dialogue, but it shows up in the body language. It shows up in the what can and can't be talked about. It shows up in the humor. Um, where 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 do people go when they think no, there is no room for a conversation like that here? Um, thinking my boss couldn't handle a chat called. <laughs> this is how you make me feel or uh, the, the person in the team couldn't handle a chat called um, your performance is knocking us all off. How, how do people take on board love then uh, for the toughest of conversations? You go first. And that's really, really difficult in an environment where, like I said, you know, taking bruises. Yeah. And, and that, so Brene Brown talks about, you know, there is no courage without vulnerability. Um, and what that really means is when you show up with heart, because courage is heart. Yeah. When you show up with heart, the the reaction of other people is outside of your control. There's risk, there's vulnerability, there's uncertainty. But what I know is that more people show up who lead with love and have heart, they will inspire other people. All the great books of leadership say that if leaders want to create a safe environment and vulnerable, they have to go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether that's you trying to lead upwards, sideways, downwards, wherever that might be, the more that we can show up human to human, heart to heart. Yeah. And this isn't about spurting all of our emotions out. This yeah. is about being, when our words and actions align with what we truly think mm-hmm. and what we truly feel. Yeah. And if we don't know the answer, or if we're worried, if we're tired, we need to be exceedingly human. Yeah. And that's all love is, is, is just... It's not settling for anything less than just who we are yeah. and who we could be. Yeah. And th- this is the beautiful um, like paradox of love, isn't it? There's something in mm. when somebody's accepted as full as we can for who mm. they seem to be right now, then that mm. introduces the most potential for change oh. to actually occur. Um, and there were some, I can't remember the quote, but it was Amy Van Dersen, uh saying one of the most violent forms of um, in your psychology is acceptance. That acceptance is one of the most violent forces in your brain because it causes all kinds of chaos and things to fire off when there's a level of accepting my who I am now, accepting who I am not and who I yep. um, might not be able to face up to. And, and I understand the discomfort of the word love. Right? I understand it. In, in an environmental a business setting, I get it. I also understand that um, people have different connections to what that means, what that looks like, what pasts look like. And, and, and so, so a tactile leader will know their people. A, ta- a leader who knows their people will s- adjust situationally. Mm. They don't just walk around playing their guitar and singing Kumbaya. <laughs> they, 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 they adapt themselves to get the best out of each individual, yeah. knowing that everyone will respond differently. Some people like a fist bump. Some people like a hug. Some people you don't touch at all. Like you don't even feed them. Like <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But that's the leader knows that, and the leader still finds out a way to love people in their unique, in their unique way. Yeah, and and um, I'm curious then your your journey then with the psychology and the study of psychology. Mm. Um, what is it that drew you to that what what do you carry from it what um how does psychology and your your study of that relate to love and the work that you do now um for me it was about mm, trying to understand people like some men are really good with cars and some men are good with the hands and diy oh none of that i got soft hands 
but I, like give me a human being yeah. and I want to know why they think the way they think. I want to know why they behave the way they behave. I'm just an observer of people. And psychology just gave me a framework of understanding that a little bit better. Nothing helps me understand that more than just asking people questions. Yeah. You know, so I'm not in university anymore, but I'm still a student. Yeah. I'm still a student of people. And that's, you know, the podcast is as much for me as it is my listeners yeah, because I, yeah. I thrive upon asking these good people my curious questions. Um, so does love and uh, I, I think it, it comes together because that's my hard work. Yeah. What I've really come to realise is that, you know, the more there's something scientific about when we are in a state of love, right? Our cells respond, our, our mind, our body, it physically responds. So Joe Dispenza has done some research that says that we physically emit light when we are in a state of love. Right. And for those of you that have read the book, God is love, God is light, God is in all and through all, science is now showing that's literally be true. Wow. You know, when we are in a state of love, we emit photons. And I think the secret here, the punchline is that we're supposed to be in that state more often. So if we're talking success, psychology or whatever that might be, our true nature is to pursue more of love in our life. Mm-hmm. So my threefold definition of success is just to be someone I love, to do more of what I love, and to serve people that I love. Yeah. And I think if you can answer yes to those three questions, you're far more successful than you believe you, than you are. Yeah. Than the external world will tell you yeah. at least. Yeah. I love that, man, because um, this really is a time where there there is so much available. There's a world of personal development and there's a world of... Um, self-actualization being our option so you know we don't live in a time where we're getting called up to go to war and likely Mm. die for a cause like we're in a pretty cushy time relatively (laughs) say that even in regard to the the situation with a pandemic Um, we have the luxury of spending our evenings conversing reading books um, yeah. I'm not putting my With life the on the line. Coffee. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That is <laughs> that's just deeply enhancing. We have the luxury of sampling multiple types of mushroom coffee. Um, and actually, there is this luxury time that we're in where um, it's perhaps close to when they, they talked about some of the communities that grew up in mountainous regions. Well, nobody was really trying to invade their their mountain communities because it was drastic conditions. So they found the time to sit by fires and think for. 40 years of their life in a cave and they stumbled upon amazing thinking you know we're almost close to that again where we can just sit and think or we can uh, contemplate and um but there is this need now for uh love to show up differently and to be met in the self where all this um personal development doesn't quite cut it it's that love seems to do something different in the human body and the human spirit um so for yourself how how did you come to the place where you you met that acceptance or you you realized you had enough perception of love coming your way to be satisfied to to do your your work well two other l words are really important here so we've got love and we've got lack Mm. right and i think the realization that I had is that in my challenges, in my absence of love in my home, I sought love elsewhere. Okay. Love and validation in the workplace, love and validation in my community and my coaching. Um, and when you show up in the world externally, you you don't make good decisions or you, you don't, um, it's not coming from a pure or whole place, okay. right? And, you know, when when we... So this is where my journey of, of coming to faith has been really important because... Do you mind if I touch on that? Do you yeah, want me please. To yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah talk about everything. So two years ago, I was a man of science. I wanted nothing to do with a big man, like not even like quite the opposite. My wife, through our struggles, found God and she was okay. like... I feel about you differently. You need to find him too. And I was like, not a chance. (laughs) You're not a chance. Like, because there was a hierarchy. There was my kids and then there was me. And now there's this guy called God. I'm like, I'm not having it. So it pushed me away. And and I, and I left the family home for a little bit. And, 
but we came back together. You know, the story ends well, but um, that was a tough time. Yeah. Um, because I didn't want that in my life. Sure. I didn't want. Uh, I, d- I didn't think that was the solution. Um, uh, my my simple solution was that we needed to love each other better. Mm. You know, but mm-hmm. in in reality. You know, the big man had other plans. He was knocking at my door for a long time, sent some good people my way, you know, that from America. I grew up in England where not many young men were Christians sure. in my life. Yeah. So I had this perception that they all looked like Ned Flanders and, <laughs> you <laughs> know. Right. Or, yeah. or worse, they go around um, chewing Bibles yeah. and spitting it over people. Uh, yeah. Mate, my understanding of a, of a church was this, a pointy building like this yeah. with pews and we go around saying, peace be with you at the end. <laughs> And um, so I just didn't want that, and that's not me. I was a man of science, and uh-huh. but in my in my kind of um, relationship as we were reforming, um, she wanted to go to Big Church Day Out, which is a Christian oh, yeah. festival here in England, yeah. and I went, and I like I let you into a secret. It was amazing. I absolutely loved it. That's cool. What year was yeah. that that you went? Two thousand nineteen. Okay, I think it might have been down at that. So that was with Wildfires straight after. Ah, okay, brilliant, right. So it was great, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 being a people watcher, I'm seeing people worship, do their thing, have their moments, not right. all walks of life. It was amazing. And some of the lyrics, like, speaking directly to me, like the father of the fatherless and yeah. I will follow. Yeah. And I came away just a little bit curious. I'm curious. So I was like, okay, I'll learn a bit more. And I went to Vineyard Church here in Trowbridge and uh, you know, I see my good friend James Green walking around with a denim jacket, tattoos and <laughs> and cool haircut and I'm like, Oh, that doesn't look like a Christian like you know, <laughs> so, so my, my my perceptions are being broken down. Right. And then a Father's Day commissioning was done by the pastor. He invited all men down to the front. I thought, fine, I'll go. And I don't know what he said, but he did say this. He said, That's it, women. If you want to put your hands out towards your men, you do that. And with that, it was like my wife hadoukened me. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like get over boom. here <laughs> my whole body caught fire right eyes started streaming and I walked up to her at the end and I was like I don't want to talk about this ever again <laughs> <laughs> I was like I don't want to talk about this ever again but I just want to say I feel like a child of God that's it and the irony is like I'm here talking to you because I can't deny it I can't right but wow. I think the I think the great thing I had I had a I had a heart experience okay. because my mind would never have my mind yeah. would never have got that. Yeah. So I've had a heart experience which I'm leaning into and pursuing. I'm walking with. There's a few things that have happened since sure. that have been, but so that's where I got to. And this whole sense of wholeness and love, um, I realised that when you go to this place, um, when you go to to God f- for that love, and you are loved and you are unconditional love. The more we can get our spirit into a into a peaceful and loving state, mm-hmm. we don't need anything external. We can go and lead from love, yeah. not for love. Yeah. I had it the wrong way around, and it, it had some consequences. I need to focus now more on my relationship so that I can lead from love. I can have peace in my spirit because you can't give what you've not got. We've all heard that. Yeah. So we need to give, and the whole kind of self development journey. This is where we started the conversation. Yeah. Is that the purpose of self love and self care is not for self? It is that when we give what we need to ourselves, yeah. we can be better for others. Yeah. We'll be more willing to serve, to sacrifice, to listen, to be patient because we don't need anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I read a book called Lost Connections by Johan Hari. It talks about the um, disconnections that breed depression and anxiety. And what he says is that he did some research that someone in a marketing agency said that marketing is at its best when we are left to feel inadequate without the product, which to me says that the success of marketing is about external and it yeah. tells us what we lack. Yeah. We are vulnerable to messaging all the time, every single day. Get my product because you lack these mm. things. Get this product because you'll have these friends or look like this. or It's all an attack on the soul. The more I can help people come back to love and realize that they don't need anything. If they want those things, great, yeah. but they don't need them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the important thing in the self-development world is we need to want to get better because we want to be better, yeah. not because we have to show up and, and because we lack in some way. Yeah. Too many coaches, too many online professionals, they, hey, have you not got this? And you, you need it. Yeah. 
and the only way you can get that is from me. Yeah. No, I'm pulled bullshit on that. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Because the people I work with, they don't need me. They already have whatever they need. It's inside them. But they choose to work with yeah. me because I help bring it out of them. Right. I mean, that's it's huge distinctions that huge and the, the you know the world that's pushing an agenda of yep. try and get yourself as um you know watertight as possible as bulletproof as possible as as spongy yep. to the environment as possible it for me it doesn't satisfy it doesn't say put your life on the line for something where actually all your self-care is going to take a brutal beating because you have a passion for something mm-hmm. it feels like like the stuff that you're really passionate about it it doesn't care. Like passion doesn't care about your well-being, and so we do have to be resilient. We do have to go after it. But you know, like, you know, you you've gone after business. You've gone after faith. You, you think about family. That stuff, I'm sure, didn't come with a a package of of kind of self care routines. It, it came with courage yeah. and commitment. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, so so I talk about being a heart and mind coach, mm. right? The mind. My leadership journey five, six, seven years ago was very busy, young kids, very uh, responsible job at the police. Yeah. I had to learn very quickly that I needed to give to myself first. Yeah. So I would get up early, I'd go to the gym, I'd get out and see some sunrises. I'd do things that meant that I could go stronger for longer, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I learned that. But you're right, There's you can't teach courage. You have to stand for something. Yeah. You have to care for something bigger than yourself. You have to not be willing to settle for anything less than who you are made to be yeah. and who you could be. Yeah. And this, um, I love that, that kind of journey of faith. What's so cool hearing about someone who's kind of, you know, dandered into an event like the Big Church Day Out is, um, <laughs> you know, I've been down with a couple of friends and played at it from from the other side and seen that mm. part. It's actually, it's just lovely hearing someone who rocks up going, what a, like, <laughs> you know, it must have looked like Glastonbury without... Um, jay-z or something you know something <laughs> kind of weird um but this big festival and this experience of meeting yeah. uh, god and having a, a bigger purpose and connecting spiritually the mind and the heart um it's really cool just hearing how that is as an experience and mm-hmm. i think one of the interesting things heading into these 2020s is we're not inviting people just to approach faith with the mind and try and get the most yeah. robust mindset for it or we're not just saying hey faith is about the heart and about uh, trying to convince people actually the marketing can be hey everyone you're really broken you're smashed up this character mm-hmm. called Jesus will come in and mm-hmm. kind of fix that enough that mm-hmm. you, can, you can sort of plod on there is yeah. this different level now which is like hey come and experience this thing we don't have all the answers I don't I don't really know how it all works but undeniably you know you're a man who stands in front of a group and feels fire and has a remarkable experience i think i think that's phenomenal that it says uh, yeah, yeah I, i'm 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 not gonna be preachy i'm not gonna be pushy i'm not even gonna say that people need it in their life because the more the, in my experience the more that that happened to me i was like i'll show you yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know <laughs> i mean i i do not but it's in the private moments yeah. it's in the reflections it's in the okay, I just listened to this song and why is this song speaking directly to me? And it's huh. just like, why am I crying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's in those moments. It's like, why is this, why is this lyric? Like, why, why, what? You know, it's just, it's wow. that, you know? Yeah. So the more you can, um, the more you can just A, love people mm-hmm. and, and you know, by our fruits of our spirit be known, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That to me is really important because... Um, I don't like boxes and I don't like labels, yeah. but you can define me because you know how well I've loved you. Mm. Uh, and secondly is just be available. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my great friends in the States were were just available. You know, they were there during my tough time when I was away and they didn't, they didn't tell me I needed to find God. They didn't tell me I needed Jesus. They just held space for me yeah. and they reminded me that I'd A, be okay and B, that I'll get through it. Yeah, oh, man, that's cool. I'm I'm curious as someone that's you know encountered the person of Jesus and mm-hmm. has this interest in this work and leadership. Um, often in the church world, Jesus is put on a pedestal as like 
sure. the best leader of all time and we can extract his model that he had clearly written down in his upcoming book and all this and, but I, you know there's a, a part of seeing this Jesus who just before this crucifixion all his core team his his core leaders they bolted one of them handed him over <laughs> and there was this kind yeah. of leadership disaster on the scene as well yeah. um yeah I'm, I'm curious for you how how do you see these leadership qualities in that person of jesus um as a person that loves pursuing leadership well if if we just take on some of those people who really struggled at that time why fear hmm they, they struggled. And, and every single human being on the planet right now is, is being subject to fear. Right. And what do we do? We make decisions that preserve ourselves. This time last year, right, we were mourning the loss of Caroline Flack. Everyone is all yeah. over the news saying, be kind, be kind, be kind. Yeah. Six weeks later, we're punching people over toilet roll. That <laughs> is what fear does. It makes wow. us focus on self. Yeah? Yeah. Fear make fear is about division. Fear is disconnection. Fear is about preserving self. It makes islands out of each other. Jesus, Jesus is an example of a couple of things. One is loving the unlovable. Because believe me, there are some people we meet in life that are just difficult to love, yeah. right? And he is a great example of just spending time with the unlovable. What a great example. Yeah. And B, he really did. Um, you know, he knew what he had to do. <laughs> he knew what he had to do. And here's the funny thing, right? Here's what I've been really thinking. Because sometimes people are like, hey, Ryan, when are you going to write your book? When are you going to write your book? Well, Jesus didn't write any chapter of the Bible. Yeah. He, he just left his legacy in people. He made such an impact that people decided to write about him. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, in three years, his ministry lasted three years. Yeah. If you doubt what you can do in three years, take a look at the Gospels. Yeah, it's <laughs> a know? very short startup window, isn't it, for any idea? hundred percent. And so what's happened? He's left his legacy in people. Yeah. He created 12 disciples. I didn't create them. He he surrounded yeah. himself with them. He, he, um, he had a sense of he couldn't do this on his own. So he had people share the message with him he knew that he was going to found the church on you know with with peter Mm. he knew that that was part of the story so again leaders it's it's a paradox yes it's about you as a leader with your your values your courage but then it's not about you it's about the legacy that you leave behind in people to do more and be more Mm. because of your time that you spent with them yeah it's so good so, um, you know, I, I always love and get really curious how people do what they do and um, mm. the, the array that you've had through the police and now coaching, always better than yesterday. Um, I'm noticing, I, I've seen your stuff behind you as a board, it looks like a board of wisdom <laughs> or a, <laughs> a map. I'm, I'm curious, what are some of the, the ways that you would describe this is how I do what I do? Um, what, what gets you excited? Yeah. Whether it's one-to-one coaching, whether it's consulting, culture development for organizations, I really believe life is created from the inside out. And this little model over here is not the golden circle. It's just my own little model. And in the middle of it, you've got your heart, your mind, your heart set, your mindset, your skill set, and your community. And I'm sat here about a year and a half ago. I thought, right, I've created an epic model. No one's ever seen it before. (laughs) And then I read Mark 12, verse 30, and it says, love your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and go love your neighbor. And I thought, ah, damn it. Jesus did it again. He stole all the models. But but my ego was more than happy with that because I know that that is rooted in truth. So that's how I work with people because I think, you know, if we want to create an external world, we have to first start bringing out what's already inside us. We have to find out what do we love to do. We have to find out what we stand for and our values um, and we have to find out what we're good at our strengths and our gifts and when we realize what our gifts are we you know we're reminded by Peter that our gifts aren't for us they're for those who need it in the world so it starts in the heart it's 10 times more powerful than the mind what do we care about what do we stand for what are we willing to die mm-hmm. for what are we willing to sacrifice for 
And then we use the mind for what it exists for, which is about learning, strategizing, planning. Um, you know, if if um, the mind is about discipline, the heart is about devotion. Mm-hmm. And it's just about using what God's given us for the real, real reasons. The power's in the heart. Let's create from the inside out. Let's use the mind for what it's there for mm-hmm. to, to find out the best way of getting what the heart desires. And then we develop the skill set that's going to help us, um, you know, add value to the world. Yeah. And then we go love our community. Yeah. And that applies to individuals. You know, that applies to teams and organizations. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and I think some people don't like the work of Rob Bell. But I, because I'm not brought up in the confines of what church is, I, I can go and lean in with curiosity and, and make my own mind yeah. up. And what Rob Bell says is that we are the, you know, what the quantum world says that, you know, when atoms and atoms come together, they make something bigger than what was existed. And then all of a sudden we become humans. And he, and he ponders what happens when humans and humans, you know, what happens? Because the purpose of the universe is creation right. to continue to create. For me, the, and don't tell Rob Bell this because he'll write a book on it before I do. <laughs> but I think it's culture. Because you know when you said there's just a feeling? Yeah. There's just a sense yeah. of that love. I think that's culture. And I think when people come together, connected with the same values, with the heart, mm. that mm-hmm. energy that radiates from our, you know, there's there's research to say that the um, electromagnetic field of our hearts can span like eight meters, something eight mm-hmm. meters, or people literally feel. Well, when you get enough people coming together um, as human beings, you create a culture. You can literally feel it. It's tangible. yeah. yeah. I, I guess it's like being in uh, Anfield listening to your Never Walk Alone. Yeah. It's ele- electric, right? Yeah. I'm not a Liverpool fan, but that I've experienced watching people sing that. It's electric. Yeah. yeah. So um, in this area, and this is something I'm observing at the minute, I'm curious your thoughts, is the area of um, the core, like your why, your purpose, your unique contributions, one term, the, the, the kind of truest part of the self is mm-hmm. you might have got after it. Um, that there's this kind of unchanging part then the next layer down in fact there's that part and then there's the world that we're in which is affected by action and decision and 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 that science Mm. level where there's feeling and there's there's raw that middle part of it which is around values and beliefs kind of curious how that either maybe for, for you how that's changed over the last few years of as new things have come in and also how do those shift in organizations? Because if I was taking a swing, I think yeah. that's the softest part of an organization. It looks like the tough bit. It looks like it's on the wall, but I wonder if actually values and beliefs are the part of the most malleable um, piece of an organization. Yeah. That's interesting. I, d- I don't think my values have changed i think they've deepened right. and i think i've found better words that articulate the feeling behind them nice. so four or five years ago i was a mindset coach you know it's the words that was out there and you know but but part of my mindset coaching was all about find your why well when you realize that the why reveals your heart mm-hmm. and what you care about what you love and what you're passionate about it's not mindset mm-hmm. it's heart set mm. and i predict that over the next 10 years we'll be using the word heart set the same way that we've been using Carol Dweck's mindset. Nice. Yeah. Because that's it. So the more I've got aware of what we have and how to use it, my values of love, courage, devotion are my heart values. My mind values are lifelong learner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. curiosity, find the win-win, mm-hmm. seek first to understand before being understood. Nice. Right. So actually the deeper that we go towards the heart towards the why it refines deepens the articulated values beliefs and and even some of the tools yeah. that we use yeah 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 for sure that's a cool journey um to go on because that seems to me that's where reality seems to sit is it's not going to be in the the kind of self-articulated self-developed um tool or latest buzzword it's going to be in the culture, the thing that exists between people yeah. you can't quite get. And man, if people can pull that out and yeah. and 
put it to words or lyric like you know some of these songs that move us it's because somebody's like mm. extracted a sensation experienced by millions of people that nobody's put words mm. to yet and they find a way to say um this is where our hope what is. am i one of my favorite lyrics other than oasis live forever because that's my favorite song mm. but one of my favorite lyrics is from tom walker and he says um I won't pretend to know what it's like to walk in your shoes, but I will try them on for you. And I'm like, that is empathy in a nutshell. Yeah. That is empathy. And I think that is what I strive to do throughout my leadership journey mm. is just to meet people where they are, understand their perspective, yeah. you know, yeah. walk with, you know, walk, walk with, you know, I think too many leaders try to create the dynamic between leaders and followers. Mm-hmm. I want to I walk alongside. I want to walk with people. Yeah. Um, and as someone, you know, again, this is lovely hearing your, your approach and some of the tools, some of the stuff going on in the mind. Um, sure. where, where have there been times where the, the, the ideas around love or empathy, um, what for you does the other side of that look like? So do you have the moments where you're coaching someone and actually you're thinking, you know, what this person probably needs is for my energy to go up and for a direct blunt challenge to be made or um, for a provocation that could offend, that could unsettle. How, how do you <coughs> navigate that? Do you take those kind of swings or, or are you finding your voice sits in a different space? I um, I come from an analytical, back to, uh, analytical background. Yeah. It's quite cold. It's quite factual. Um, and, and, and I think I, I've really learned the ability to just question, uh-huh. just question, ask good questions. Um, and you're right. There are moments in either group coaching, there are moments in individual coaching or even in organizations where you've just got to go, what are you trying to say? <laughs> or just, what do you mean? You know, what is, you know, sometimes you've got a call people are you know that that being part of love tough is stripping the emotion you know i think sometimes we need to strip the emotion because like the heart's the heart can deceive Mm. if the heart is postured in 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 ways of um it worries too much about external things the heart can be deceitful of all things so we then used to use the mind to just kick ourselves back into remote. Nice. It's like sometimes like my, my reaction is like flipping Mufasa coming out of the crowd. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if we, like, oh, we remember who you are. You know, we remember. <laughs> I love Disney. But it just sometimes it's like that. Just like, hang on a second. Give me that nonsense. Yeah. Or someone will say something that's so disingenuous. I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. Who are you kidding? You don't think that. And I think, do you know what? Like, sometimes you get it wrong. And, like, um, one of my community members was having a, a bit of a bad day. Um, I thought, well, I'm going to take a risk here. I'm going to send one of these. I'm going to send one of these motivational videos that just is like, oh, you do. I don't think it went. I don't think I don't think it's the right video for the time. Send them some Dave Goggins, yeah. Mate, it was like, Cohen Ray, he was swearing. I was like... <laughs> Yeah, you take responsibility for your own life. And I'm just like, I take a risk. And I think that's it. Sometimes you're not going to get it right. Yeah. But you've got to have the humility to go, well, I'm going to take a risk. This might work. And if it doesn't, I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. You know, you've got to have you've got to have a relationship with people. Yeah. You've got to really try and get to know people are unique. People are no, you know, people tick. And you have to build a relationship where you know first and foremost, if I'm going to challenge you, you're you're, you're not going to be in any doubt as to whether I care about you. Because yeah. if you doubt whether I care about you, you're like, why has he said that? And they'll be, they'll be in the WhatsApp chat with somebody else going, oh, Ryan's just said that. What do you think he means? Yeah. No, you know exactly what it means when I say it to you because you know that I care about yeah. you. You know that I want to help you be better. And I think you've just said something real rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Love it. It's, it's, it's tricky. It's, it's a balance. I don't always get it right. Yeah, but it's, it's lovely just experimenting with those different voices of leading and um, yeah. playing is, is something that, you know, the world's going to need it, as, especially as future beckons and there's, there is a lot of um, safety and vulnerability built up. Yeah. Um, well, if you, so last year in October is my, my uh, lad's eighth birthday. 
and I chose to do a four part series with him. It's like um, I think it was the father father and son yeah. sessions. They were amazing. Yeah, it was really great. I saw them. it. It was class. But you you listen to Corey. He calls me out. He calls me out. He's like, sometimes you're stressy. Sometimes you're real strict. Like, yeah, I am strict. <laughs> I am strict. I have high standards. I have, I, and sometimes I am stressed, Corey. And sometimes I don't deal with things very well. And and that's the reality of being human, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But like, love isn't just, hey, let's let's sit around and fist bumps. Love looks like very many different things. And sometimes it isn't love. And I have to be honest with myself and go, lockdown's hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, 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 and that's the humility. You go, oh, I haven't handled this very well. And I've really had to learn the uh, to have grace and uh, to apologise very sure. quickly when that happens. Sure. And um, so, so what's coming up in in the future? Then, what what is the future of mm. always better than yesterday? Where, where do you see leadership going in the future? What I'm drawn to at the moment is physical space. I think we obviously haven't been able to meet for a little while before lockdown hit. Lockdown one, I was just about to set up a. Uh, an event here in my local town. Um, people had been suffering. Too many young men had been taking their lives. Yeah. And I, I, I was really going to create something pretty special. That couldn't happen. And I think that's going to be the first thing I need to do. Um, I, I'm consulting with another police force at the moment around how to create a leadership culture that helps you know organisations be better every day through the power of... Um, through the power of both leadership and their performance, governance and structures. Cool. That's pretty cool. Um just the freedom to do things my way has been really liberating mm-hmm. and, and, and having another organization uh, value me for me and what I bring. And that's been really liberating. Yeah. I'm going to head over to the States. I think I head over to the States and I, I know that there's a number of people that want me over there to speak. So um, that's going to be pretty cool. Um, do you know what? I, I really struggle with the, where you're going to be in five years time question yeah. because I've, I've, I've chosen to, I've realized that so much can happen in a year that I just want to focus on how I feel. Yeah. I want to feel like I'm growing. I want to feel like I'm pushing my comfort zone. I want to feel like I'm a good dad. I want to feel like I'm doing my best. I want to feel like I'm a good husband. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, just actively trying to balance those things yeah. while still growing is is, is great. And, and conversations like this are a really nice part of that yeah. journey. So thank yeah, you. there's... Um... It's definitely that space where at the moment, rather than the one-year plan, the calendar, there's this thing that's like, I think I know what 10 years might feel like. And we have yeah. two months ahead of us. But even more now, it's the asset of who do I want to be today is ringing so, true. You know, I, th- I think leaders have the spyglass, which is about seeing the future. And then they have the uh, magnifying glass, which is about the plan yeah. now. If I dare to pick up that spyglass... What you're going to see is someone that has stayed the course, that has showed up every single day for 20 years because they love what they yeah. do and they love the people that they serve. And they're going to be the go-to people, like Simon Sinek is now for leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't say that out of arrogance. I say that as the natural result of someone who loves mm. what they mm. do and they show up every single day putting that out into the world. So, okay. so mate, where, where can people connect with you and uh, what have you got coming up that you want people to, to check out? Thank you, mate. So I have a Facebook community, which is called We Are Always Better Than Yesterday on Facebook. If you want to grow with like-hearted, like-minded people, then then we'd love to have you. You can check out the podcast, which is Always Better Than Yesterday. Uh, and my, my website is ryanhartley.co.uk. Um, if you want to take a free life languages test, you find out your, your primary life language. I think that's a great tool to help. A um, bit of self, self-awareness. Lovely around how we communicate with ourselves and others. So head to the website, you get that for free. Ryan, mate, thanks so much. I'm um, I'm really inspired when I'd seen what you were up to. There's um, a lot in me that appreciates seeing somebody who's taken a a stand and has been consistent in podcasting and coaching and developing themselves. And underneath it, I just love that it's love and that it is um, Mm. a personal journey. It's a family journey. So thanks so much for for sharing the story. This has been great. I appreciate you. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Inspirational man, Ryan, thanks so much. 
So check out Always Better Than Yesterday. There's a podcast, there's a community on Facebook which has masterclasses on Monday. There's a free mini life languages profile that Ryan runs on the website, ryanhartley.co.uk. He's all over the web and massively inspired me. Check him out. If you're interested in more, get in touch with me, Mark Cameron, at markcameron.co. You want to talk coaching, want to talk podcasts, give me a shout.